Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Today's guest is Denise Hasty. Denise is our Vice President for AGC of Missouri for Advocacy and Public Relations. Today we are going to talk about what Denise does in relation to the advocacy side of her job and really like to start with the Political Action Committee. So Denise, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. The PAC is really an important part of what we do. It's all free will offerings from our members. It's nothing that we can charge people for. It's all things that people give, and you have to decide what's going to be done in the primary elections, what's going to be done in the general elections, and especially this year with it being such a big election year. Can you kind of give us an overview of what you did in the primaries, what you're doing in the general election? Sure. It's important to note that the primary cycle actually began the day after the November election in 2018. And so it's a very long primary cycle. The primary was not actually until August 4th of this year. So it's a a lengthy period of time that is the primary cycle. And from the day after the primary election in August, we, we began the general election cycle, which will run through November 3rd. So in that period of time, in the first half of that, so to speak, in 2019, since the primary cycle started in late 18. In 2019, the PAC committee, a group of seven individuals chosen from the full governmental affairs policy committee, sat down once in that year and distributed checks to candidates. Most, well, they would have been probably people already sitting in office that we knew were going to run again. And those people are selected by a process of recommendations from our lobbying team, from folks who people know, a number of sources. Yes, they oftentimes will have called me or reached out to me by email or reached out to one of the consultant lobbyists. And the group of seven individuals literally spend a couple of hours going through an entire spreadsheet of individuals with recommendations of contributions to those individuals. And the lobbying team will actually delineate a rationale and a reason for why we why it would be beneficial for the AGC to contribute to that individual, whether they've been good on our issues, whether they're in leadership. They may be a freshman, but they may be an up-and-comer, so to speak, where we want to get in early and let them know that we are supporting them. There are a lot of reasons that go into why we may contribute to a candidate or not, and sometimes it isn't even that they're good on our issues. But if they're a member of leadership, we need to keep that door open. So that could very well be it, or it could be a leadership in a committee. So what kind of numbers are we talking about here? Well, in total, beginning back in, well, when the primary started in 2018, which really is January 2019, through currently $281,814. Now, that includes funds that we just 
approved last week that the checks haven't even been sent out the door yet for those in the general election. So that's a total of the primary and the general contributions. Correct. 280 281. Mm-hmm. And it's a long period of time. You need mm-hmm. to bear that in mind. In 2020 alone, if we want to just separate out where the money went, let's just take 2020. And for candidates for the Missouri Senate, we spent $40,118. For Missouri House candidates, bear in mind, there are 163 of those seats, and every one of those had an election. They are up every two years. So we spent 43.5 there in 2020. 2020 being a statewide election, we have a governor, secretary of state, treasurer, and attorney general all running for, and lieutenant governor running for re-election. So we spent $12,500 for their individual campaigns there. But those offices also have, as do several others, what is called a third-party pack. Missouri's ethics laws have rules on how much a candidate can receive for a candidate pack, but you can legally work around that through these third-party packs because that candidate can't control where that money goes. It may support candidate Joe Blow, but it he cannot control where that money goes. So the third-party pack, there's a little more opportunity for that to be directed among multiple candidates or one candidate or however they choose to handle it. It could be, yes. And so it's a way for the AGC to give an extended amount to a particular candidate to show how much we are supporting that individual. And I've also lumped a number in while we're talking these numbers with the third party PACs, the caucuses, the House Republicans and the Senate Republicans and the House Dems and the Senate Dems all have their caucuses and they spread the money out wherever they choose to spread it out amongst their own parties. And that's a dollar amount of $5,000, $10,000 that goes Correct. into a caucus and then when they get together they determine which candidates need help or don't need help. Correct. If they've got a particular race where the candidate has a very close margin, then they're going to fund a little heavier there. So in 30 party packs and caucuses, we've put 38500 in. And then in the St. Louis region alone, because we've had several fairly large, important races here, we've put $18,500 in that in those races. What sort of range do candidates receive from AGC Missouri? Most House candidates will receive about $500, although some will get 1000 And if they're in leadership, probably 2000 The Senate candidates, their baseline is usually a grand, and then it goes up from there. It can be $2,600 or so. That's how that goes. The caucuses, if it's the leadership caucus, the Republicans in the House, Republicans in the Senate, will give $10,000 each year is how much we pledge there, and then a lesser amount for the Democrats because they're the minority party. So what kind of year has it been for you on the fundraising side of things? There's been challenges Mm -hmm. with social events. There's been challenges with COVID issues, and I'm wondering... We're talking about $280,000 going out the door. How are you doing on generating funds to replace that? Well, our voluntary dues contributions that come in with the dues statements have come in pretty strong, about normal, but most of that came in before the COVID impact. And our 2020 club was normal at about $39,000. And again, that was all before COVID. Anything since COVID has been impacted 
negatively by about 50%. Our pack auction was about 50% normal, and so was the golf outing. And we haven't gotten to have our sporting clays event at St. Louis Skeet and Trap Club in Pacific. And it, it is never a very large fundraiser anyway, but I expect it'll come in at about 50%. But you really need to look at a lot of multiple sources to continue to represent the industry and get in front of these people. We do. The pack is cyclical, and we always build it up and spend it. We do not just sit on our money. We really make it work for us. And so you always have to be in fundraising mode because you always need to have the ability to give when you want to give, but you also want to have the ability to say no and people to be able to look at that public record and say, hmm, they didn't give to me, but they're not broke. And those are some pretty hard decisions to make when you're talking to candidates. You know, I know there are, I would guess there are instances where you end up giving to both candidates in a race of varying amounts or folks who are competing with each other because you're trying to hedge your bets a little bit. Honestly, the AGC of Missouri PAC does not give to both sides in a race very often at all. We will typically stay out and do a little makeup money later with the winner. It's a pretty rare case, and it just depends on that one case-by-case basis on, on what we do. In primaries, we almost always stay out until the, the winner is decided upon, although we broke that rule this year in a Senate race and we because both were sitting state reps and we supported both sides in different amounts for different reasons. And then we've gone back and authorized another payment to the successor to bring that person up to par with the one that we had more heavily in, engaged with was not the victor. So there's nothing cookie cutter about this process. This Absolutely is all not. very specific to each race, each candidate, each part of the state. The closest thing to cookie cutter would be the baseline for House candidates is 500 and the baseline for Senate is 1,000. And that's as cookie cutter as it can get. And it goes all over the place. And the pack is just one piece of the advocacy work that you do. That is just one segment of the whole political action and the advocacy work that you do. Talk about the rest of the part of the operation. Well, I think that the best advocacy programs have three key elements. And the first one is a respected, credible, and well-educated lobbying team. And um, not to sound like I'm patting myself on the back, but between myself and our consultant lobbyists, we have put together a really good team that's worked together now for 15 years. And the two lobbyists on the ground in the Capitol are there every day. They're known by everybody that's in there. They're considered in the top five in the state when it comes to lobbyists, consultants. And so they have the respect of the legislature. They have the credibility and they have the the knowledge having worked with us. They have a good knowledge of the industry, although they've never been a contractor. So they like to defer to having members engage as often as possible. And members' engagement is actually the second key element to a successful advocacy program. We have 20 members of our Governmental Affairs Policy Committee who are very politically savvy. They know how the system works, as cynical as it can be sometimes. They understand it, and they 
are willing to drop things and of their daily business and to take up the opportunity to go testify when I need them at hearings, et cetera. The board of directors is the same way. They have invested a lot of financial resources as well as their own personal resources and time to put together a great advocacy team. But I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about our growing grassroots efforts through the Contractors Speak Up days that we started two legislative sessions ago. We have really begun to engage people who aren't engaged in the government affairs or are not on the board of directors. And so they're understanding more about the process. They're getting engaged and they realize that they do have a place and they have a voice. There's no such thing as buying votes. It takes contributions. It takes a policy committee that is coming up with issues that make sense to the industry and then going and visiting the candidates and making them aware of that. And that's all part of a big process that goes on. This is nothing that just happens that money shows in and you write a check and it's over. Not at all. And PAC money doesn't buy votes. If it did, we'd be in a wonderful shape in a lot of ways that in places on issues that we're not. What it really buys is the door open. It establishes a relationship. It lets us sit down one-on-one to talk about the issues. And believe it or not, a $500 check, as little as $500 may seem, will cement you in the memory of a House candidate. Well, the work that you're doing and the work that your team is doing to try to represent the industry through the PAC and through all the advocacy could never be more important than it is right now. There's so many things going on politically, so many things that are being done to the industry, and in addition to those being done for the industry, thanks so much for all your hard work. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.